0: Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to this edition of Pirates Talk. I hope all is well. We all had high hopes for this year's Seton Hall basketball team. Led by Miles Powell, perhaps the best player in the country, the Hall was on the verge of its fifth consecutive NCAA bid when our world came to a grinding halt because of COVID 19. There would be no big dance, no chance at a national championship, and no farewell at least in the normal sense for this year's team. All of us are left wondering what might have been. And that includes the head coach of the Pirates, Kevin Willard, who joins me on today's show. Kevin Willard, thank you very much for giving me some of your time. And uh, I know our listeners on Pirates Talk are excited to hear what you have to say. First off, uh, again, thank you. And how have things been in your household through this period that we're all living through?
1: yeah matt it thanks for having me um well let's just say uh you know my wife and I've been married for twenty years and I think we were so successful because uh, I traveled a lot um <laughs> and now now that I'm locked in the house for the last two months uh I think she's starting to realize that she really wants me to start traveling again so uh good to be with my kids full time which is really nice uh but you know kind of ready to get back and see my team and be with my team and kind of get back to somewhat normal.
0: I think a lot of us can uh, really understand what you just said and and are living it. It reminds me of the saying that's mostly been attributed to when Howard Cosell, and the younger people who are listening will have to do a Google search, but when Howard (laughs) Cosell, the great broadcaster for ABC, retired, his wife said, I married Howard for better or for worse, but not for lunch. He's going to have to figure (laughs) out something to do.
1: (laughs) It's so true. I mean, and it's you know, it's amazing is, you know, I really, someone asked me how I was doing. I said, you know, I really miss my, I really miss my staff and my, my, the interaction with my team. I said, you know, I think more than anything, it's, that's been the hardest adjustment for me because over the last 27 years of my life, I've been on a team and with the team almost, you know, 11 months out of the year. And now, you know, not to have that interaction with them, not to, uh, not to be able to see them and, and talk to them you know, personally, and even physically is it's been really tough.
0: Yeah. And zoom can only do so much in texts and phone calls. It's the, interaction the one-on-one seeing you in an office or just seeing you on a basketball court or in my case seeing players at a hockey rink I mean that's that's really what it's all about and hopefully we'll get back to that sooner we're slowly opening things up it's been almost uh, actually over two months since everything came to a crashing halt Big East tournament stopped NCAA decides there'll be no tournament regardless of whether we can have uh, no fans uh, or not we're just not going to proceed. I'm just wondering if you had a chance over these last 2 months kind of to reflect on all that's gone through our lives since and also kind of looking back now with the season that ended so abruptly have you been able to handle it a little better with time now being added or is it still raw
1: Yeah that's a good question Matt I mean you know I think when when you know I'm I'm thinking back uh to Miles Powell's press conference for player of the year uh, being in the garden and having that excitement of the Biggie's tournament, you know, it, it, it's there's nothing like the Big East tournament. I, I, I say it to everybody. It's such a such a special feeling when you walk into the garden and you play, and you know all the history, all the great players that have played there. Uh, and then that next morning, after the NBA suspended their their season, you know, I remember it was such a different feeling from the day before. The excitement being with Miles, watching them get the trophy, and the next morning, uh, having Brexit breakfast with the team there was a real nervousness in the air that i could sense um and you know when they when they canceled the, the East tournament you know I, my guys were really relieved just because they didn't know and but they still had the they still thought the ncaa tournament was going to happen and i remember being on the bus and thinking to myself well if we're not going to play the Big East tournament then we're probably not going to play the ncaa tournament and when they canceled it it was kind of weird and my team was we we kind of had dispersed for, the, we gotten off the bus and gotten back. And I just remember, you know, it was really hard because, you know, for the first time, uh, you know, since maybe Isaiah Whitehead's year, I really thought I had a team that could go and really win the NCAA tournament. You know, I thought we had great balance. I had one, I had the best player in the country and my team really thought that they could win the tournament. I think that was the biggest difference from, you know, years past where, you know, we were excited to get to the NCAA tournament. Now we really were excited to play in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, it's been, I think as time has gone on, I've really appreciated all the, what the players have sacrificed sacrificed and given, but it's, it doesn't get easier because, you know, it's not, it's not easy to build a program to get to that level. And, you know, it's, you know, March, I was kind of depressed. April, I think I was angry and Um, May I've decided you know to refocus and get ready for next year because I really like next year's team
0: well we'll talk about next year's team in a moment but you mentioned Miles Powell and I think any conversation about what has taken place at Seton Hall over the last four years has to focus on him and certainly what he was able to do in his career but this year as well where does he rank uh and and what did he mean and what what will he mean going forward to Seton Hall its legacy the program that you've built
1: You know what? I I think it's you know I think he's obviously going to go down as one of the greatest players in Seton Hall history.
0: No question. Uh,
1: You know I just think you know I also think he's going to go down as one of the best um, ambassadors to Seton Hall basketball because you know as great of a basketball player as he as he is, you know he's that much better of a person. Um, You know he never would say no to an autograph or a picture or give his shoes away. countless jerseys, you know, he was just, you know, to the kids, you know, he just, he was one, he's one of those young men that uh, has a bigger heart than people really understand. I mean, he was a killer on the court, uh, but you know, off the court, you know, he just has a great heart and has a great love for Seton Hall and has a great love for everyone that uh, maybe not uh, maybe much more of an appreciation for everybody that, that everything that's come through for him. And I think, you know, he really appreciated, you know, The coaching staff, his players, the fans, everything. And I think that's, you know, he's going to go down as one of the all-time best, uh, but he's also going to go down as one of the all-time best ambassadors.
0: Well, his stats certainly would put him among the all-time best, but as you said, a great ambassador. And I think that's what stood out on a team, by the way, that has a lot of players like that. I mean, your team this season, uh, and it's been the type of team that you've had, though, but to me, uh, there. are they're just good kids, like you know, they get it. Uh, they're well spoken. Uh, that that club in particular, that unit uh, from the player who played the least to a Miles Powell, just wonderful representatives of the university. I mean, it was just a good bunch of guys who could play, and that's the best combination. They
1: they, 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 they were they were they were they were a, they were a group. Um, you know that I, I think I think what really helped was that they were a group that kind of understood who the alpha dog was um there was really no there was no competition in the fact that everyone kind of knew you know especially after miles' junior year you know that miles this, you know we're gonna do what miles says, and miles is a great leader um and then you you have a bunch of great per, great young men who come from terrific families uh, who all understand what our culture is all about and you know, it was so much fun to be around them. You know, you always hear coaches say, Oh, I love coaching this team. Um, but then privately they'll tell you, you know, I hate being around them. <laughs> and for me, it was, you know, I had fun coaching them, but I really had more fun just being around them because, you know, we all have very similar backgrounds, very similar uh, goals. And, you know, it, it's, it's been, you know, and I think next year's team is going to be very similar to, to this year's team because, uh, I think my seniors this year, just like my seniors you know, three years ago, have done a very good job of laying down the groundwork and expecting what you know the next the next generation, the Jared Rodens, the Sandros, the Miles Kales, what your job is now. And that's what I'm excited about next year. For.
0: And it's the hardest thing to develop, that passing along of what we are all about. And now it's up to you to to maintain it. That's a difficult thing to establish. But once you get it, it's so wonderful to see. And it's such a powerful tool. You you mentioned the alpha dog thing. And if we can just pull the curtain back, not so much on Seton Hall in particular, but in general in coaching. I think many fans think, oh, well, of course, that person is the leading scorer or rebounder, and clearly everyone will follow. No, you have a lot of A-type personalities in that room, and that doesn't always happen. So how hard is it to kind of make sure everyone stays on the same page? Because they're all gifted players in their own right, but this is our guy. And not every, not every team and not every player is going to defer to that. And sometimes there's turmoil. So uh, this obviously was not a, a case of that, but it does happen, doesn't it?
1: It oh it definitely does, and I think that's you know that's <clears throat> when you're building a team or a team dynamic, you know I I, I think the the biggest that you know you, your alpha dog or your best player better better be better have your back as the coach, you know I think a lot of times when you get that dissension or you get that that turmoil is you know your best player or your second best player uh, isn't on board with what your what your team goals are, um, what your team culture is. And that's really where you get it. And then again, I go, I always go back, you know, five, six years ago to, you know, Kadeen Carrington's, the Angel Delgado's, um, you know, Isaiah Whitehead was his sophomore year. Isaiah was one of the best leaders I'd seen anywhere. Um, and I think, you know, those guys really appreciated what Seton Hall and what we, what we did for them. And, you know, they just kept passing down, All like, right, This is how, this is what we do in this program. This is how we work. Um, you know, if, And they would tell recruits, you know, if you don't like to work hard and you don't like to to work on your game, this isn't the place for you. And I think that kind of – when that started happening back then, that's when we started getting a lot of guys that really enjoy working on their game, really enjoy working together. And I always say, you know, your best player better be – you know, better have your back. You know, even just watching the last dance, you know, know, it's amazing to watch their team dynamic. And so it's not easy, but, you know – it's, it's got to be developed from within your players.
0: It, it wasn't what necessarily you found when you came to Seton Hall, was it? So how different is year one to year 10 for you? And, and what's changed most dramatically? If you can take us back to that first year, they were coming off an NIT season, but, uh, you know, they hadn't made the NCAA in a while. What did you find? What, what is different, most different about the program that you have now from the one you inherited and had to uh, rebuild?
1: Oh man. <laughs> I don't know if you have enough time for that. Uh, no, I, 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 I and I, you know, yeah, I think you have to, I most people aren't honest with themselves and, you know, I like to look at myself in the mirror and make sure, you know, I'm honest with myself. And I think the biggest difference is, you know, I'm just so much more experienced and understand, I understand Seton Hall and what we're all about now. Um, when I got this first, got this job, I was, 34 years old and only had been a head coach for three years. Um, I had worked for arguably the greatest college basketball coach um, in Rick Pitino. Um but you know it, you can't. I wasn't Rick Pitino, and Seton Hall is not the University of Louisville. There's different. Everyone has different personalities, different selling points, uh, different fan bases. Everything's so much different, and I just think it took me. It took me three or four years. Um, to really figure out how are we going to be successful at Seton Hall, you know, this isn't every job has such different challenges. Every job is hard. Um, every job has great selling points, and I think the biggest thing to being successful as a head coach, and I tell all young coaches this, I mean, is you have to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna win at your at your school. You can't look down the road. You can't look at where you were in the past because, you know, you really got to figure out, you know, what, what strengths your program has. And I think it just, you know, I, I remember, (laughs) I still remember my first big East meetings and I walked into the room and, you know, it was Rick Pitino, Bob Huggins, um, Nick Cronin, um, Jim Calhoun. And I'm sitting myself thinking, you know, Oh my gosh, you know what I get myself into. And, you know, I think, the biggest difference between year one and year 10 is that I just, I really understand the greatness of Seton Hall and, you know, the type of players that I need to get to be successful.
0: So what are those players? What are those strengths as you've come to know them?
1: I, I think the biggest thing for us, is, you know, what I, what I realize is that, you know, especially in the big East, in, in the way the big East now is where we're located. Um, you know, I want to get kids who who are tough, hard-nosed kids that That want to compete and get better at their game, you know the one thing I love more than anything about coaching is I love the individual improvement of it. I love spending hours and hours with my guys trying to get them better you know it's, it's, it's my it's my belief that you know it should, be, it should be every coach's belief, but my job is to get my players better. If my players are getting better individually, then my team's going to get better automatically and you know i wa- I want kids who really want to work on their game. You know, not not say that they love the game and not say they love to play the game. I really enjoy being around kids that want to work on their game. And everyone in our program, and and really Isaiah probably started it, you know, were guys that really wanted to come in and get better and enjoyed spending that extra time in the summer and spending that time in the mornings with us with the staff of working on their game and getting better. And once I started getting those type of kids, um and who really enjoyed that aspect like I do, you know, our teams just got better automatically because they were getting better every day. And we have a lot of fun doing it. And that's really, to me, what our strength is now more than anything is that you know we get our kids better, and we enjoy it, and we have fun doing it.
0: There's no question that's what Seton Hall has become known for, not only the winning basketball, but, hey, uh, you will be developed. You will get better from the time you come in. To the time you exit. So on to next year. By the way, a side note: Billy Raftery referenced that in uh, when I had him on the show earlier uh, in the season when I asked him about you and what he likes about you. He said Kevin gets Seton Hall. He gets what it's about. Not everybody does, and that's why he's good for the program. So uh, obviously what you're feeling is reflected in other people's thoughts as well. I'm sure you've had many conversations with Raft uh, about that. Anyway, so on to next year. Uh, what excites you about it, assuming that we start on time and we have what approximates a, a normal season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I- I think everyone's going to have to, I think it's going to be, you know, I think the biggest word I've been telling people is everyone just has to be a little flexible going into next year. Um, It's probably, it's definitely not going to be uh, business as usual, but I think, you know, it's going to be a, we'll have a great season. and We just, everyone has to be a little flexible with what we do. Uh, I think next year, what I'm, what I'm really excited about is, um, you know, I think we're going to be an unbelievable defensive team. I think we have the ability to really be one of uh, a top five defensive team. You know, I, I, We have great size on the wings that can guard. Um, we, we still have an inside shot blocker. Uh, I think we have the ability to play um, really small at times, which I'm excited about because um, I think there's some things offensively we're going to be able to do next year to put a lot of pressure on teams to guard, guard us differently than they were able to guard us this year. Uh, and I do think that, you know, we're going to be a much better driving team than we were last year. Um, so I, th- I think we're going to have, um, we're going to be able to play different ways where I think over the last couple of years, um, not that we were a one trick pony because that pony was, you know, was secretariat. <laughs> um, but more or less, you know, I think we're going to have much more better scoring options. You know, Tyree Samuel was a freshman, you know, who's battled a bad ankle injury at Latter half of the year, who I think is going to take a huge jump. Um, I think Jared Roden is going to be one of the best players uh, in the league. You know, I think he started to show that. Um, I think Miles Kale and Sandro, as my seniors, you know, I just think they're going to, you know, Sandro started showing what he could do towards after he got back from his wrist injury. And I think Miles Kale moving him over uh, to the other side of the floor and giving him the basketball a little bit more, I think he's going to be able to really kind of. Uh, you know, explore, explode his game a little bit more than he's been able to. Uh, We have a guy sitting out to call Molson from Canisius, who is just a, you know, reminds me of Alpha D'Al from Providence. Just, you know, he can play one through five, to be honest with you. He's so tough. And then we got, you know, I think, you know, we really added some good pieces, but, you know, Bryce Aiken, um, I'm super excited about probably going to be our, you know, our purest point guard that, that I've had, you know, someone that understands the game um, at a high level can shoot the basketball and still score the basketball at a high level. Um, but I think when you look at all our pieces that we have, you know, it gives us a chance to play, you know, I can play Tyree Samuels and Sandro together um, and really make it hard on, on and you know, with pick and pops and a two man basketball or, or, you know, we can go and, and I think we're going to do a lot more isolations with, you know, with our wings next year and give them opportunities to be uh, more aggressive. And then we still have a great shot blocker in hike, So, I mean, there's so many different ways we can play. That's what I'm excited about.
0: Well, and I, I know you didn't mention his name, but it's not because you overlook him. And we talked about development. How about Shavar Reynolds? Like what, a, what an important piece he's going to be, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think what most people don't understand about Shavar is obviously he's a, he's a tough, hard nose. Like, you know, when I talk about defensively, you know, you know how he disrupted the game last year on the defensive end for us was, you know, was huge. And, you know, he's also, you know, he's a guy that is a very good leader. You know, he comes in, he he always is first guy in the gym, last guy to leave. Um, You know, just one of those, you know, one of those guys that I have a lot of confidence too of saying, okay, Hey, go guard Marcus Howard, uh, or, you know, go guard, uh, Marshall from Xavier, you know, I think he's got that toughness to him. So again, it's just so many different pieces next year. I think that we can move around the different spots that we can be a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more precise with how we attack people.
0: He's such a great story. Um, and, and I love watching him play. What about the, the, and I apologize. Cause I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name. Is it in Jeff Ingandu. Yes. Yes. So very uh, good. T- t- <laughs> thank you. Um, so, uh, he seems to be a little bit of a mystery player. What can you tell us about him?
1: I'm, I'm excited about Jeffrey. I mean, he's, you know, he's about he's six, nine, um, a heck of a rebounder. Um, you, what I like about him as a, as a big man is, you know, we can, we can bring him out to the perimeter and do some dribble handoff stuff. Um, he's a very good passer. Um, you know, battled injury injuries last year, but is healthy now. Um, someone w- that when I saw play, um, and I say this all the time, he fits the way we play. You know, he plays extremely hard, um, plays with a high motor and high energy level. I think our fans are really going to get excited when they see him on the court because he just – uh, he really, he, again, he he fits Seton Hall. He fits the way we play. Tough, hard-nosed guy that can rebound, defend. But he's also, from a skill standpoint, uh, going to give us options where uh, we couldn't do last year at the five spot with dribble handoffs and maybe pick and pop at the five-man and go into a secondary two-man game on the on the weak side. So he's going to give us some options, which I'm excited about.
0: And I know our fans listening are excited about it, two Pirate fans everywhere are looking forward to next season last couple Kevin and, and I'll let you go and again I do appreciate your time uh UConn comes into the Big East next year um there's a difference of opinion among some people as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing a state university coming into a private university uh league et cetera. Et cetera. your thoughts and uh what that means both good and bad from your perspective yeah
1: I I'm excited about it um the only thing I, the only thing that I, you know, I don't like about adding UConn is that we're going to a twenty-game schedule, conference schedule. Um, so you're adding two high-major games to your to an already unbelievably tough Big East schedule. But as far as adding UConn, um, you know, you're talking about one of the founding members of the Big East Conference, uh, a program that has unbelievable tradition, has won national championships, has won Big East championships. Uh, you know, I think when you bring someone. That was originally part of of your conference. Um, they fit, um, you, you know, they they fit, you know, with the East Coast teams. They fit in the way we play. Uh, you know, Danny uh, is a heck of a coach. Um, they fit the Big East style, and you know, I think it's you know it's going to be great for the Big East tournament. They have a lot of uh, alumni that live in the New York area. So I think from all those standpoints, I, I think it's exciting. It's just, I think the hardest thing from a coach's standpoint is you're playing, you know, two more high major games and now, you know, the, the Big East tournament, you know, your sixth seed is no longer getting a buy, you know, your sixth seed in the Big East tournament is now, uh, playing Wednesday night at nine thirty at night. So, you know, those are the two, that's the only two reasons why, I, why I'm not thrilled about it, but I think. There's so many more positives. I think uh, the fans are going to like it. I think it's going to be great for the Big East tournament. And I think it's great for our, our overall league.
0: And, you know, you bring up a good point, though, that coach's perspective, right? It it makes the job more difficult. It's already a tough enough job in terms of the time commitment made, the preparation, uh, all the work that you and your staff have done to get to this point. And now, oh, by the way, we're just going to hand off these two extra. It's only two extra games, you know, but hard games. And uh, it does change the dynamic plus the tournament as well. Well, I think most fans are excited about it. And clearly you're in favor for the most part, but there are a couple of things to consider. Uh, last one here, and and I'll let you go. Uh, and it does speak to the commitment that coaches have to make. Uh, I, I know you can't talk about a player who has committed but hasn't signed, so I'm not going to ask you to do that. But his coach, when he announced he was coming to Seton Hall, said uh, Seton Hall has been in Delaney's gym a number of times. That's the high school. How much time? Can you kind of indicate to our listeners, like, this is an all-encompassing job, man. Like you got to spend a lot of time you and your staff looking at players at camps when you can, in contact when you can via text and like it's not just showing up for a couple of hours of practice and then to 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 the to the potential center for games, is it?
1: No, you know, it's it, it's I, I you know, it's it's an 11th 11, 11-month 11 job and, you know, We go, you know, we still haven't, you know, I talked to my staff last night and we still haven't had, you know, we haven't taken a vacation yet. Just because, you know, when the tournament stopped, all of a sudden it was like, all right, recruiting actually became crazy. Uh, It it was intense. Usually, you know, once the season's over, you have like a, a two week kind of like a two week chance to kind of catch your breath and get ready for the April recruiting period. May is when you bring kids to campus. Um, June is kind of when you get your kids back on campus and start your summer program. July is your summer program plus you're going out recruiting the whole month of July. Um, August is you end up your summer school and you have your last you have like a two week break in August um, before your kids come back to school and you start you know you, you start your preseason uh, end of August. And this year it's been it's been crazy just because you know. Uh, you're not able to go out recruiting, but, you know, you almost have to, you know, I'm on Zoom calls all day long. I'm doing presentations. You know, I'm walking around campus with my phone showing showing recruits campus and the dorms and our gyms, and we're making videos. Um, you know, during the normal times, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the other thing about right now is, you know, I'm trying to make sure that my, my players are okay you know, this, this is usually my players are, you know, most of them live on campus year round, I would say, you know, they go home for a break here and there, but for the most part, most of them live, you know, we have a great setup on campus. Um, Most of them live on campus. And right now, you know, it, it's pretty much half of my day is making sure a, when am I going to get them back to campus? B, do they have everything they need? Um, Are they eating the right way? Are are they able to train? Um, Are they, are they mentally in a good spot because this is not um I know everyone talks about uh the coronavirus, but you know there there's so much more to to, to being healthy than than this virus you know I'm worried about their mental health I'm worried about their physical health I'm worried about are there, their nutrition um you know it, it's not everyone has the means that a lot of people do, and uh you know usually it's this time of year um we'd be out. I don't even know what day is. What's, what's his date? The 21st or something like that of May, you know, right now I'd probably be getting the guys back on campus, um, getting ready to start our summer workout programs. And, you know, now I'm worried about our, do they have enough food on the table that can they eat? You know, it's, it's a different time. So, um, you know, I have three great assistant coaches that really, you know, during the season that are out and about and really, really grind, uh, recruiting i don 't go out quite as much during the season um just because you know I, I make a promise to uh, young men 's families that you know i 'm going to be with them i 'm going to train them i 'm going to work them i 'm going to try to get them to become a better person physically socially academically that goes into it um, but I have three great assistant coaches I really do I think I have three of the best assistant coaches in college basketball right now um, that do a phenomenal job of going out and really know getting into these gyms and getting and you know recruiting from sophomores juniors and and going to watch our our guys signed and um, it's never just you know i I tell people i said you know once august technically august 18th starts to usually right around may i say graduation is usually may 18th we don't take a day off um there's not a day off that we take during that time um and you know we're very, I'm very lucky to have a great staff. And, and I think that's, that's, that's what makes it a little bit easier for me is that I have, I have three guys that I can really depend and trust. Uh, and I think they work great with the kids, but it's, you know, for nine straight months, we don't take a day off. And people always look at me like I'm nuts. And I said, well, you know, I had a full head of hair <laughs> when I started in this business and I don't have any hair anymore, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's extremely rewarding. You know, the, you know, I, I um, you know, I, I always, I was, I was, so upset that we didn't have graduation because, you know, to watch Miles Powell, I, I was looking forward to that more than anything all year long was to watch Miles Powell walk across, um, that stage, you know, because, it, you know, first in his family, you know, changing, you know, everything for his family. Um, it was going to be one of the greatest moments of, of my life, besides watching my children get born. Um, just because of, of I, I, knowing his true story and how much he's had to work academically and how much my academic advisor, you know, pushed him to, to get to this point. Um, so it's, it's crazy times, but I'm glad everyone, you know, my guys are healthy and I'm excited. I guess I'm going to keep saying I'm excited about next year. Cause I think if I say it enough, it'll happen.
0: Well, let's hope that it does happen. Kevin, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. We might have gone a little longer than we had planned. I apologize, but the conversation was great. The insight was fabulous. And and so I I couldn't help myself. Sorry.
1: (laughs) No, I enjoy it. And I enjoy it. It's not like we have that much else to do at 10 o'clock in the morning. So my world doesn't really wake up till about 1130. So getting to to talk hoops at 10 o'clock in the morning to me is awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate everything
0: and that will wrap things up on pirates talk it was such a pleasure to hear from coach willard the hall is in good hands certainly under his leadership if you like what you heard today and haven't yet done so i invite you to become a subscriber to pirates talk you can find the show on apple podcasts on iheart stitcher and soundcloud and please tell your friends about the show Special thanks to Pat Christensen, our magician of an audio engineer, for his work on Pirates Talk and for being the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. Thank you for your company today. Until next time, be safe, stay well, and let's go Pirates!